2: Money Monday means it's time for a conversation with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management. Josh and his firm are located in Lewis Center, just off Route 750, not far from 23 and 270. And they would love to welcome you into their office for a no-obligation-free consultation. You can set that up by calling their office and setting up the appointment. 614-917-1040 is their number, 614-917-1040. You can also make your appointment online at their website, which is Wealth. Dot com aptus AptusWealth.com. and Josh as we uh, look at the markets last week they were way up and uh, Nvidia that's been a bulwark in the markets and it's way up again and causing some people to wonder about how much higher it can go and how much higher it can take the market
1: yeah I mean it's really been the juggernaut of the last uh you know at least 12 months uh, but you know longer for sure but if you look at the market cap for example you know even Uh, In June of last year, it was at a trillion dollars, and now it's repositioned itself to be a $2 trillion company just since June. (laughs) And it's really that amazing growth has been a very significant portion of the overall S&P. And and what I think, you know, if you look at history and you look at, uh, you know, kind of investor psychology, when something like this happens, much like it did back in, you know, the late 90s during the dot-com boom, and then you have uh, back even during the 20s when we were, you know, introducing automobiles, et cetera, at a large scale. You have this kind of, you can almost call it a, a melt-up in a way, and that there's such a fear of missing out that people uh, over-exuberantly start buying into the market. And that's not to suggest that artificial intelligence isn't going to be a huge part of our society, much like think of the 90s when, you know, the Internet wasn't even a thing yet, and now think of how much it's impacted our life. But what ends up happening is sometimes we start purchasing things just purely for that, for a fear of missing out. And oftentimes when that occurs, or at least if you look at it historically, there is a correction. And you know, I think Warren Buffett said it best, where you don't know who's swimming naked until the tide goes out. I don't think it's necessarily a reason to go run and put all your money under the mattress. But I think it's an opportunity or a time where you should start thinking about diversification. What am I going to do with my money? What if it goes the other direction? Because we haven't really seen that on a large scale since you know, you could argue since 2009 we've it and we've been in a bull run. So I think very, very important that you start taking a look at your portfolio and protecting yourself uh, as best you can, particularly if you're getting close to retirement.
2: So you confirm what I wondered, which was NVIDIA's success is, you know, at least tied to, I don't know if it's largely AI related, but it's tied to AI. And we had this Google Gemini story on Friday where some of the images put out were, you know, kind of kind of laughable. Uh AI generated, and I just kind of wonder, like, that's kind of the unknown horizon out there, right, is how AI is going to shake out, what's it going to mean for investing, and how many different stocks are going to be winners, and how many companies that we think might be winners will, you know, maybe not just be losers, but might just go away because of AI. Yeah,
1: I think we can't deny that AI is going to be a significant part of our life. and and quite frankly, as I talk so much about, you know, a fear of missing out and making it sound almost like it's purely an emotional decision, you know, uh, earnings numbers have been, quite significant, uh, you know, shattering what they thought the earnings were going to be. So it's not to say that it isn't a profitable endeavor. Uh, But what I am suggesting is when there's something that hits the market where, you know, we can go all the way back to railroads on this. I mean, there's always been this type of environment with different uh, things that have the possibility of revolutionizing the way that we live. Uh, There's this kind of over-exuberant belief that it's never going to go down, so much so that even when it does pull back, we just believe it's a normal dip and we start buying into it more and more and more. If you remember back during the dot com bubble, for example, when that bubble burst, there were many investors that it hurt so bad that some of them have never gotten back into the market because the damage was so great. Does that mean that the market failed us? I would argue no, it didn't. I think maybe you know, we kind of failed our own intuition or we failed logic of how we were going to invest. So I think, again, it's so important that if we look at this and say we don't want to be out. But is there a way that we can be into some capacity while still, quote, hedging our bets? And the answer is absolutely. And that's not just as simple as diversifying amongst stocks and bonds. There are other things you can do. Uh, there are ways that you can, you know, hedge the losses or buffer against losses. Now, of course, you're giving some of the upside up in that scenario. But at least you know that if it goes catastrophically the other way, that my retirement is not in jeopardy, that I'll still be able to meet my goals And I'll still be able to have the upside that I hope for without completely uh, losing all of my goals to the downside.
2: Yeah, that's a strategy uh, that my wife and I embraced when we met with Josh and his team and we became Aptus clients. And you can have that conversation for free, no obligation at all. Set it up by calling their office, 614-917-1040, 614-917-1040. You can also make your appointment online at aptuswealth.com, A-P-T-U-S, Aptus Dot com. So we're getting some inflation numbers later in the week that'll tell us whether inflation like uh, NVIDIA numbers uh, refuse to come down. But I just kind of wondered, uh, as people get close to retirement, you know, you're the home of the, of the retirement blueprint. And we talk about that on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint radio show Fridays at 7 and replays Saturday at noon. Typically in the realm of uh, here's a strategy we have. This is the plan we're going to work. We're going to be disciplined. We're going to understand what we're doing and why we're doing it. But I think then uh, what people forget is that that leads you eventually to another strategy, another plan, another blueprint, which is for now that you've invested and you build up this nest egg and hopefully achieve financial independence, there's a withdrawal strategy that you eventually have to get to or should get to when retirement actually dawns.
1: And if anybody's looked into this on their own, uh, you'll quickly realize that the bulk of our industry is focused on how to grow your pot of money, and very little is dedicated to how do I take distributions out of that kind of giant pot that I've grown that's supposed to sustain me through retirement. But the fact of the matter is, there is a logical way to do it. And unfortunately, you know, if you think about the industry, there's not as much money to be made on income distribution as there is on in, uh, on asset management. So they don't focus a lot of attention on that distribution phase. So usually what you'll find if you just do kind of a cursory research is, well, start here and then move to here and then move to here and then move to here. And the reality is uh, that everybody's situation is significantly different. For example, if you want to live on $50,000 a year in retirement and 30000 of that is your Social Security, that's a far different scenario that if you want to live on $200,000 a year in retirement, and you have no social security, the tax ramifications of both of those scenarios are dramatically different. So how and where your money is invested, not just not just what I'm invested in, but do I have a Roth IRA versus a 401k versus a traditional IRA versus real estate? All of these things are handled dramatically different for the purposes of taxation, but they also have dramatically different Kind of growth patterns if you will or trajectories uh in income growth so how you utilize those is drastically important and how so i mean we could be potentially saving thousands of dollars in taxes based upon how we take the money out irrespective of how it's invested now if we add in how should we invest knowing that well, we can make a dramatic difference but again bruce Not something that a lot of people focus a lot on, but it's something that's really at the core of what we do here.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, I know it's something you focus on intently because we end up talking a lot about taxes and tax strategy and withdrawal strategies on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint radio show. That airs Friday at 7, replays Saturday at noon. You can set up your free no-obligation consultation with Josh and his team by calling their office in Lewis Center, 614-917-1040, 614-917-1040. Their web address is aptuswealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. Uh Let's finish up with a question I get. You know, we you have to start taking your retirement uh, withdrawals at a certain age. You can't take them before 59 and a half or you pay a penalty. Is it ever prudent to take a loan on your retirement savings? Is that something people do? Uh, People do it all the time.
1: matter of fact, during COVID, we saw a drastic increase in the amount of loans that were taken for obvious reasons. But the answer is usually not. But there are scenarios where it can make a lot of sense. And I'll give you one. For example, I had a client that um, they are selling a home because they have to because of their occupation. They're moving across the country. And quite frankly, they don't have enough cash on hand to pay the down payment on the new home until they sell the old one, which we'd like to think that we could just make that a contingency, but sometimes that's just not in the cards. So what they're doing is taking a loan off of their 401K, which is a far better interest rate than throwing it on a credit card, for example, and then they're going to pay back that loan essentially as soon as they um, sell their other home. Now, there's some ramifications and how and you know, the most logical way to do that, but in that scenario, it made a lot of sense. But again, Bruce, I'll tell you, in most scenarios, taking a loan is not the best option, but fortunately it is an option so we can utilize it where it does make sense.
2: Well, I know this, I know you guys are on top of everything and you understand the ramifications of everything. And that's why I'm a client, a very happy client, 614-917-1040. The number at Aptus Wealth Management, 614-917-1040. Their web address is aptuswealth.com, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. Josh, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much. We'll see you on Friday. You as well. Thanks, Bruce. Hey, as we wrap up today, a reminder tonight, 6 p.m. on 8:80 a.m., our sister station, Grace Infusion, a new program. You're going to love it. You're going to love the expository preaching of Mike Nimmer, uh, True Confession. Mike is my pastor at Northwest Chapel in Dublin. We've got a lot of exciting things going on there, uh, but nothing is more exciting than authentic preaching of the Word of God. We'd love to have you come out and join us on a Sunday morning. Services at 9:30 a.m., 11 a.m., same service. I'd prefer you come Sunday school nine thirty and service at eleven. That's my schedule. So, uh, but tonight, Grace Infusion five days a week, six p.m. Following Bob Bernie at um, on eight eighty a.m. Uh, we had a situation yesterday at the uh, Israeli embassy in Washington D.C. where a U.S. soldier uh, set himself on fire. Uh, because he says he will uh, no longer be complicit in the genocide that is going on in Gaza. Uh, well, he he definitely will not be a part of the uh, genocide in Gaza for multiple reasons. Number one, because there is not a genocide going on in Gaza. The Israelis are being extremely careful about, or as careful as they can be. It's hard to be super careful and not have any civilians killed, when Hamas, the people that the Israelis are hunting in tunnels below the ground, which were built with humanitarian aid that was supposed to go to the citizens of Gaza, it's hard to not kill any civilians when the rats in the ground who are members of Hamas use those civilians who were supposed to get the aid that built the tunnels as human shields. That's one reason why this uh, U.S. soldier will not be part of the genocide in Gaza is because there is no genocide going on in Gaza. I would submit another reason that proves there's no genocide going on in Gaza because, ask yourself, how robust is the Palestinian Air Force? say, well, I didn't know they had an Air Force. They don't. Does Israel have an Air Force? It does, a very accomplished Air Force. It has 100% air superiority. Over Gaza. If it wanted to turn Gaza into a dust heap, it could in an hour. Goodbye, Hamas. Goodbye, terrorist tunnel network. And yes, goodbye, civilians. But Israel's not doing that, are they? Okay. But that's not the primary reason why this soldier will no longer be part of what he says is the genocide in Gaza. The reason is because he is dead. He set himself on fire, and he died today. Now, normally I would mourn the death of an American soldier, but this one I mourn because I wonder where his heart is and where his uh, eternity will be spent because it certainly appears to me that he has been mentally captured by the forces of evil, and no one supports Gaza who is not siding with evil because they are an evil terrorist regime. They are trying to erase Israel from the face of the earth. That's not hyperbole. That's accurate quoting of their founding documents. And they have stated that over and over and over and over again since October 7th. So any effort by anyone, including the Biden administration, to end Israel's attempt to preserve its status... As a nation, anyone who defends that has been captured by evil. So now that he has been dead for a few hours, we're starting to get a little bit more information on this American soldier. And wouldn't you know, the guy who set himself on fire was a leftist extremist with pronouns in his bio that reached out to Antifa to notify them of his plans. Gee, I didn't have that on my bingo card. Did you? No, of course not. Aaron Bushnell of San Antonio, Texas, is the second pro-Palestinian protester to set him or herself on fire outside the Israeli consulate in Atlanta. Well, uh, much like the Japanese kamikaze pilots, this is a strategy that I would think would be doomed to failure. If all the people who hold your position are going to set themselves on fire and kill themselves... Uh, That would, uh, by definition, detract from your numbers, would it not? I would think so. Switching to uh, numbers of a different sort, the Central Ohio housing market, where we're always told we don't have enough affordable housing, right? But people owning their home is oftentimes their most consequential form of growing their wealth or wealth preservation. So how's the housing market doing in Central Ohio? Jim Weicker covers it for the Columbus Dispatch. And he says that the uh, calendar year 2024 is so far the first year or the first time in 18 months, January, uh, increase in home sales month over month, suggesting, he says, that the housing market may may be awakening from a long slumber. I don't think, well, it it might signify that. What I think it signifies is, I think it signifies that people are giving up on interest rates going down. And they've been postponing the purchase of a house, and interest rates momentarily dove under 7%, and now they are back over 7%. And I think people are looking at some of the numbers, and I think their financial analysts are starting to tell them the inflation numbers that are coming out on Thursday, the fact that the expected number of Fed rate cuts this year has already been whacked from six to three, and I think three is ambitious, unless, of course, Jerome Powell bends to the will of the Biden administration and its acolytes like Elizabeth Warren and cuts interest rates just to give the economy a momentary shot of good results so that it will mitigate against the electoral damage for Democrats in the fall. I just think people have realized well, interest rates aren't coming back down. They're just not. They're not certainly not coming down to where they were before and were too low at that point in time. Weicker writes, More than 1,500 central Ohio homes changed hands in January. Almost 3% more than a year ago. First increase since May of 2022 before high interest rates sucked the air out of the housing market. Yes, those high interest rates sucked the air out of the housing market. We left a consequential responsible party out of that sentence, did we not? Oh, we did. Joe Biden. Before Joe Biden's inflation, the highest in 40 years, forced the Fed to hike interest rates, which then sucked the air out of the housing market. I'm happy to play editor for you, Jim. He says, last year, home sales fell 13.5% from the previous year, the second straight year of double-digit declines. Yeah, Joe Biden's had a heck of an impact. It's, uh, Bidenomics is working. If you want to rip up major sectors of the American economy, like the building industry, it's working great. As of the end of January, there were just shy of 2,900 homes listed for sale in central Ohio, which is 17% more than a year earlier. But as of last Tuesday, that number of homes listed had fallen by about 500. So what that tells me is a lot of people are putting their home on the market, checking the temperature of the market, looking to see if they can get more money for their home than they ever dreamed possible, or there are a lot of contingency offers out there, and people find out that they can't sell their home for the inflated price they need to sell it for to buy the home they want to buy because of the inflated price that it has on it. So, like every sector of the American economy, it's struggling under Joe Biden.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's